MedCurity Live. For this episode, our co-founders Joe Galatly and Amanda Hepper discuss a new coronavirus tracking website created by Avi Schiffman. The website address is ncov2019.live. They also go over some of the implications the coronavirus pandemic has for patient privacy. As concerns about the virus rise, it's crucial for both patients and healthcare providers to understand where information will be protected and where it will not. Send any questions you have our way, and thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to MedCurity Live. I am Joe Galatly. I'm Amanda Hepper. Today we're talking about the coronavirus. Have you heard of it? Kind of <laughs> a big a deal, right? Amanda's sharing an interesting way to track and, and keep an eye on coronavirus and its impact around mm-hmm. the world. There is a young man named Avi Schiffman out of the Seattle area that wanted to solve a problem, and that was all of the misinformation going on with the coronavirus. So he took matters into his own hand and late last year developed a website. It's ncov2019.live. So if you want to go to that website, you will have access to this. So he is scraping every 10 minutes, this website is being updated. And so he's scraping well-sourced other sites and populating it with this. It contains the total confirmed cases at any point in time, confirmed cases outside of China, the deaths associated with this, total recovered, so people that have recovered from the coronavirus, and then total countries infected. So there's stats for mainland China and then for every other country that has been impacted with this. He also has provided a map. So there's a, he's invited other people to give information to this site and so another group of individuals developed this map that Avi added to this so you can literally go to different areas of the world and see where they're at. Wow. Yeah isn't that cool? So there's little green hearts that show people have recovered, little black skulls if there have been people that have passed away Mm -hmm. and then what is going on with it and then if you click on these little dots it brings you to the source of that information. He also has provided information from other sources like uh, Center for Disease Control on what is the coronavirus, what are symptoms, what to look for, how to protect yourself, and preparation. And he got this from the It's Just the Flu site. And I looked through this and I thought it was just awesome. What to stock your house for in various rooms, dry food, get prescription medications ahead of time and also pet supplies, which I thought was awesome. This young man is also doing Running Start. One thing that I thought was actually adorable is this is free to everyone, but if you would like to donate to the cause, you click on the Buy Me a Coffee button, and then you can donate $3 and buy Avi a cup of coffee to fund his endeavors. This guy's got future business intelligence, or many other things, that's so cool. Well, as we, as we track this and look at coronavirus from our lane in uh, privacy and security, we thought we would share a couple updates on what does our privacy as patients look like in an event like this, in Edinburgh, right? or potentially a pandemic, right? We wanna begin just real quickly with restating in the privacy rule what is actually allowed. Right now, in the privacy rule, your patient information can be shared for your treatment or the treatment of another. So your patient, your protected health information can be shared for the treatment of another individual without your permission or authorization, which opens this up, right? To say, this is for the sake of the community. We need to share more information than maybe you would have signed off or wanted to disclose 
because we need people to know that this is this virus is here in the community for population right. health right for population health yes in fact it's wide open in the privacy rule to share this information with the state the uh, cdc of course and your local health department as well so that's all allowed already we also are watching because if the department of hhs health and human services declares a national health emergency or a regional health emergency around this, they can begin to waive specific provisions of the privacy rule. So HIPAA doesn't go away, but some of the things we have, the rights we have to decline having our information listed in the public facility directory, to um, require private communication or restrict things from our record, all these rights that we have, they are allowed to be waived by the secretary in the event of an emergency. So that could get interesting as well. Mm -hmm. But in the short term, they do have the right to share with agencies very limited information, of course, with media, mm -hmm. everything under the umbrella of minimal necessary. Mm -hmm. right? So what do they need to share to help prevent threats to the community? That's all allowed right now. So what can be done if somebody is very ill, they're brought to a clinic or a hospital, and maybe it's a friend that brought them, but they need to share information with that person for their care. What are the steps? So they have the right to share information with someone who is the care provider for that person. Yep. So that is open already. Other considerations would be maybe that person is potentially exposed. Mm -hmm. So that would be a reason they'd want to share and say, this is what we found, this is what your risk is. We're going to take you to this private room now. Right. <laughs> take and you to some you. isolation. Yeah, <laughs> take you to an isolation place here. There is some great guidance from the federal government. Actually, they released great clarification back with the Ebola outbreak. Mm -hmm. And it's very relevant. So if anybody's interested in diving into it, let us know. We're happy to share that, of course, and track what the appropriate way to proceed with this is. But fortunately, there's been a lot of planning with our health departments and agencies. And so I think they, they know what to do here. We'll follow the directions. We'll follow the map. Stock up on toilet paper. Apparently, that's the thing that everybody's Dog food. doing. Dog food. <laughs> yes. And buy the kid a cup of coffee. Yeah. So it, it also points to having emergency operation plans, right? For clinics i mean if in a clinic people are getting sick mm -hmm. right so that they may have to implement their emergency operations plan which is yeah. part of HIPAA. critical yes yeah yeah this is it's not just for disasters that you may think of being far removed from what might actually happen right. or it issues but in the case where perhaps you have staff getting ill and not being able to be in or right. out of commission how do you sustain those operations Right. It's an important part of the plan, yep. and this is why we spend all the rest of the time talking about preparing and preparations for events like this. Right. Better to have it in place and hopefully not have to use it, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. for sure. So we're finally, we are attending a conference, National Health IT Conference, next week. And so that's been interesting to watch through the filter of preparation for coronavirus. They've taken handshakes off the table. There you go. <laughs> the hymns elbow bump. So that's hymns. It's going to be pretty fascinating to be there. It always is for people that are in this industry. And so I'm excited to be a part of it this year. Uh, the president of the United States will be speaking there. So it doesn't look like they're canceling it no. despite some of the, uh, the fears about the virus. Yeah. Potentially 45,000 people. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we may have some good reports from that. In the meantime, wash your hands, and we will see you next time here on Security Live.